I'm staying today. The episode's dropping on Mondays. It's the man, it's the man, watch that. It's the man, it's the man, watch that. It's the man, it's the man, watch that podcast. Welcome to the Matt Watch That Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Sarosky, filmmaker, film fan. Each episode, I'm going to review a movie or TV pilot that I probably should have seen but never got around to. It could be a recent favorite, critic's choice, or cult classic. Everyone can join in on the fun. Follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Matt Sarosky. You can subscribe to my YouTube page where I'll post videos and clips from the show. If you have any opinions on what I've reviewed or suggestions as to what I should see next, use the hashtag MattWatchThat on social. Before we start, I think everyone in life has had experiences with bullies. It seems to have decreased in recent years with zero-tolerance policies, but now we have a generation of people that need to be knocked down a few pegs. There's way too much confidence and they don't know how to handle any adversity. I'm not saying that being bullied was good. It certainly left me with some trust issues, but it also made me a tough son of a bitch. Whoopsie! And in some ways, you have to feel sad for bullies because you know all they ever needed was a hug. So here's a toast to some of movies' varied bullies. You have Biff from Back to the Future, the intimidating but goofy bully, Buzz McAllister from Home Alone, the -the all-in-the-family bully, Draco Malfoy from Harry Potter, the all-bark, no-bite bully, Ace Merrill from Stand By Me, the no-nonsense psychopathic bully, and Johnny Lawrence from The Karate Kid, the quintessential bully. Well-rounded, tough, funny, sensitive, total package. The movie featured in this week's episode also has a formidable bully. On to the main attraction. Since I've started this podcast, I've had a few people reach out to me with some suggestions of what I should watch. A good majority I've seen... But recently I received a recommendation from Long Island Bob for a movie I've never heard of before, and in doing some research I was pretty intrigued. I was able to find this rarity at my local library. As usual, each review will end with a ranking out of 5 stars. 1 star is Skip It, 2 stars Watch at Your Own Risk, 3 stars Standard Fair, 4 stars Worth Checking Out, and 5 stars Must See. Now if I give a title 5 stars, it doesn't mean I'm comparing it to Casablanca, Jaws, or Seinfeld or Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. I rank titles based on other movies or TV series in that genre and at that time period. So let's jump into this thing. I'll keep the spoilers to a minimum, tangents to a maximum. These are my ruminations and observations of the movie My Bodyguard from 1980, about the new kid in town who hires the service of a bodyguard to protect him from the school bully. It was the feature film directorial debut of Tony Bill, who helmed Untamed Heart, Flyboys, and a few TV movies. He was also the producer of The Sting, which he won an Academy Award for, and an actor with over 60 credits including Shampoo, Less Than Zero, and the classic Barbed Wire. The screenplay was written by Alan Ornsby, who scribed Cat People, Porky's 2, Electric Boogaloo, and The Substitute. He also wrote additional story material for the animated movie Mulan. The movie starts off with teenager Clifford arriving at the hotel where his father is the manager. You immediately get a sense of their relationship. His dad is busy with work, doesn't know how old his son is, not sure if he'll make it to dinner. It's not neglectful by any means. He certainly supports his son as seen later in the film, but Clifford has a stronger bond with his grandmother who lives with them in the hotel. 
Clifford is portrayed by Chris Makepeace. He had a brief yet respectable career with roles in Meatballs, The Falcon and the Snowman, and Vamp. He transitioned behind the scenes as assistant director on a few projects. His father, Larry Peach, is played by Martin Mull. He appeared in Mr. Mom, Roseanne, Mrs. Doubtfire, and one of my favorites, Clue. Constantly working, he was nominated for a Primetime Emmy Award for Outstanding Guest Actor in the comedy series Veep. Ruth Gordon plays the role of the eccentric and rowdy grandma. She's most famous for being the lead in Harold and Maude. She won an Academy Award for Best Actress in a Supporting Role for Rosemary's Baby. This could be one of the first instances of the sassy grandma on screen. Alphonse! Alphonse! Look that up for me! On the first day of sophomore year in his new school, Clifford is trying to figure out the lay of the land. He attempts to sit at a desk when a student named Shelley tells him that the seat is saved. This is my odd movie observation. Does anyone save seats anymore in class? It feels like an outdated concept. I'm sure it was eliminated because some parent complained that little Ashley felt bullied because Rachel wanted to sit next to her best friend Kimberly. A lawsuit was filed. Now everyone has to sit in alphabetical order. Thanks, Ashley. So Clifford sits at an open desk next to Carson, who introduces himself with the most monotone and deadpan delivery. Then Melvin Moody enters the classroom to great fanfare. He obviously has a run of the school, gives the teacher an apple. As he passes by Shelley, she tells him that she saved the seat for him, but he's interested in a prettier classmate. He attempts to flirt with her, but she rejects his advances to the amusement of Clifford, which draws the ire of Moody. The classmates are played by Joan Cusack. Shelley would be the first of many roles in her career, which includes Married to the Mob, Working Girls, School of Rock, and Shameless. Carson is portrayed by Paul Quaint. This is his only known credit, which is a shame because he's really funny. Says all his lines pretty straight. If he's still interested in acting, I would definitely put him in my next project. Lastly, there's Matt Dillon as the school bully, Melvin Moody. He had parts in The Outsiders, Drugstore Cowboy, There's Something About Mary, and Crash. The teacher goes through roll call, and Moody makes a snide comment about Clifford's last name, Peach, but he fires back with a put-down of his own. Moody says, we're gonna have a talk after school, which is bully code word for I'm gonna flush your head down the toilet. Clifford waits in the library until he thinks the coast is clear, but he's intercepted by Moody's goons who brings him to the bathroom. Moody offers Clifford protection for a buck a day. When he asks what he would need protection from, Moody tells the story of Ricky Linderman, says he wasted a kid, shot him in the head. Clifford doesn't believe him and rejects the offer in a humorous way. The next day, Ricky Linderman makes an appearance in class. He towers above the other students and teacher. They whisper and murmur as he makes his way to his seat. Linderman is played by Adam Baldwin, who's appeared in Chuck, Independence Day, and Full Metal Jacket, but I know him as Noel Rohr from the later X-Files episodes. Now a little trivial trivia. Adam Baldwin has a cameo appearance in the 2008 movie Drillbit Taylor, which has a similar storyline of kids hiring a bodyguard after being bullied. He scoffs at the idea, saying, That's the stupidest idea I've ever heard. After finding out Clifford is being picked on, his father calls up the school and the principal talks with both boys. Moody tries to play innocent but gets a week's detention. This only causes him to increase his attacks and threats against Clifford. In another confrontation in the bathroom, Moody stops harassing Clifford when Linderman appears, which prompts Clifford to ask Ricky if he would be his bodyguard. Linderman initially rejects the offer, but when he witnesses Moody shoving Clifford into a locker, he changes his mind, and an unlikely friendship forms. But Moody realizes that two can play that game. Here's a quote without context. The guy you tried to lure into the bar was a television evangelist. 
For a coming-of-age movie, My Bodyguard is certainly above average for the genre. It's a very likable movie. Don't be fooled. The film was released in 1980, but it has the look and feel of the 70s from the hairstyles to the clothing. It's a movie ripe for a remake because the concept is solid, it's just dated. The acting is pretty good from the young performers. It doesn't fall into the tropes of the genre. Clifford isn't your stereotypical kid who gets picked on. They're always portrayed as being somewhat nerdy. He's not a passive character. He has an edge to him. He will defend himself. He doesn't cower or play victim. He's gonna go down fighting. I think it accurately portrays how rumors spread quickly in high school and reputation is hard to change. It can inhibit your ability to connect with someone who seems to be different than yourself, but if you get to know each other, you can break out of your comfort zones. When you're one-on-one -on -one with someone, people tend to let down their guard. There were a few funny one-liners. Clifford makes a comment after Linderman lights up a cigarette and his body language and reaction makes me laugh. It takes a little while for the film to find its pace, which is common with older movies. From the trailers and TV spots, you know the premise, so you want to get to that point where the bodyguard is hired a little faster. Also, as Clifford and Linderman get to know each other, the movie loses a bit of momentum because Moody, the antagonist, is nowhere to be found, so the conflict is gone. But once it gets back to school, that's where it picks up again. Even though the runtime is perfect, if those two areas were tightened up, I think the movie would have had more appeal across generations rather than just being a cult classic. The cinematography was shot by Michael D. Margulies, who worked on Police Academy and The Baby. The film was edited by Stu Linder. His filmography includes Diner, The Natural, Rain Man, Quiz Show, and he won an Academy Award for Grand Prix. I don't normally talk about casting directors, but in this case, Vic Ramos did a great job filling these parts with natural, genuine actors. He also cast Star Wars Episode IV A New Hope, The Godfather Part II, Apocalypse Now, and American Gigolo. Not a bad list. This is something to look out for. George Went, Norm from Cheers, makes an appearance as a maintenance man. The chief of operations at the hotel, Mr. Dobbs, is played by John Houseman, whose roles include The Paper Chase, The Fog, and Rollerball. The score was composed by David Grusin, not the first time his name has been mentioned on this podcast, known for The Graduate, Tootsie, The Goonies, The Fabulous Baker Boys. It does feel a bit dated, and there aren't any memorable themes that you'll be humming for years to come, but overall, complements the film well. The runtime is 1 hour, 36 minutes. It had a budget of $3 million and grossed $23 million at the box office. It was named Top 10 Films by the National Board of Reviews. Ultimately, the movie comes down to Bicycle Race, The Sweet Life, Jungle Gardenia, Peach Pit, Toilet Water, Locker Room Talk, Grease Monkey, Heavenly Bodies, and Rumble Tumble. I give it 3.5 out of 5 stars. Thank you again to Long Island Bob for the suggestion. It was a fun ride. Thumbs up. If you've seen My Bodyguard and have opinions on the movie, let me know what you think using the hashtag MattWatchThat. Moving right along. Each episode, I'm going to post clips that I think people should watch. It could be movie trailers, music videos, interviews, or something completely random. Search for my YouTube page and there will be a playlist called Matt Watch That Playback. Product placement in Hollywood is a necessary evil. Advertisers will pay top dollar to be featured, even briefly, in a blockbuster movie. The additional revenue helps film studios pay for the production. It's like Kickstarter and Indiegogo for big boys. Sometimes it's obvious and integrated into the plot as seen with Subway and Happy Gilmore, and parodied in Wayne's World with Pizza Hut, Doritos, Reebok, Pepsi, and Nuprin. 
In Seinfeld, when Elaine, George, or Kramer entered the apartment, Jerry would open up the refrigerator and offer a Snapple. Other times, it's a little more subtle. Watch how many times a camera is at a low angle and a car drives up, stopping mere inches away with the company logo right in the center of the frame. You'll start to notice a pattern. All that's paid for. But the examples that I've come across take the cake, which I hope was made with Duncan Hines Moist Deluxe Vanilla Premium Cake Mix. I've found that soap operas are the worst offenders. The producers had to burst into the writer's room and say, I don't care how you have to shoehorn this product into the scene. They're paying for this week's episode. Figure it out. And the writers go back to pull out every non sequitur from their bag of tricks to make it work. What's wrong, Auntie June? I've got a roach problem. Well, I've just come back from the market and happened to pick up combat roach killing bait. Oh, how wonderful. And you know they'll stay dead because it has their advanced formula. What did you say it was? Combat, Auntie June. Combat roach killing bait. There's no better weapon against roaches. I'll be honest. I'm amazed that the art form of soap operas still endures and continues to produce episodes daily. I've never met anyone who's watched a soap opera after Susan Lucci won the Daytime Emmy Award for Outstanding Lead Actress in a Drama Series for her portrayal of Erica Kane on All My Children after being nominated a record 21 times. But my favorite product placement comes from Days of Our Lives, featuring Wang Chai Ferry. It's coming off a dramatic scene where one woman is close to tears, and the grandmother offers to make them the Chinese food dish. And I never realized what makes a complete meal is the inclusion of rice. So next time I have a chocolate donut for lunch, I'll cook up a side of rice. These blatant product placements are all available in the Matt Watch That playback playlist on YouTube. Check it out. Now it's time for the recommendation. Yes, that's the word recommendation with Matt in the middle. I'm going to end each podcast with my own recommendation of a movie or TV series. Today I'm talking about Red Oaks. It's a coming-of-age story but focused on young adults who are on the verge of making important life decisions about their future. The series was created by Gregory Jacobs and Joe Gangemi, who also wrote or co-wrote all of the episodes. It had some top-notch directors, including David Gordon Green and Amy Heckerling. The show revolves around David Myers, played by Craig Roberts, who gets a summer job as an assistant tennis instructor at the Red Oaks Country Club in New Jersey. His parents are going through a divorce, which puts a strain on the family. They're portrayed by Jennifer Grey of Dirty Dancing fame, and Richard Kind, who is in Spin City, Argo, and 250 other projects. David is surrounded by a cast of characters including Nash, the tennis pro and his superior, Wheeler, his best friend, and Skye, a potential love interest and daughter of the country club president Doug Getty, played by Paul Reiser. I've always been a big fan of the comedian since his portrayal of company man Carter Burke in Aliens. I watched Mad About You on and off during its initial run, but have been re-binging and really enjoying it. He's a rare stand-up who easily transitioned to a solid and believable actor. Even though it takes place in the 1980s, it doesn't have that nostalgia feel. It could have just as easily been set in present day, and not much would have changed. Every so often you get a reminder it's the past, but nothing about the clothing or music gives you that vibe which Stranger Things does so well. Red Oaks was on for three seasons, 26 episodes from 2014 to 2017. The series is available on Amazon Prime Video. 
That's all for this edition of Matt Watch That. Thanks for listening to me babble. You can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Matt Sarosky. You can subscribe to my YouTube page where I'll post videos and clips from the show. If you have any opinions on what I've reviewed or suggestions as to what movie or TV pilot I should see next, use the hashtag MattWatchThat on social. I plan on having interactive elements, so follow, subscribe, and like for all the latest news, updates, and polls. Until next time, how the hell do I get out of here? Sometimes it's blatant and integrated into the plot, as seen with Subway and Harry Gilmore. (laughs) Harry Gilmore. He attempts to flirt with her, but she rejects his advances. The teacher goes through roll call. The teacher goes through roll call. Roll call. Sometimes it's blatant and integrate, integrate, and integrated. What am I saying?